stick to the end of the episode for a brief announcement. I definitely believe in, and like, I'm really happy about this one principle, you know, it's like diversity and unity. You can be diverse or different, but you can be united. And I think that's just what's most fascinating about, um, like, not even just like India, for the instance, just like anywhere in the world, like in the US, for instance, you know, like the United States is known to be the melting pot of cultures from around the world. And um, embracing this diversity is just truly like uh, mind-blowing and very informative. Hi guys, on today's episode of Playground, I have with me one of my friends from Emory University, Abhinav Raju. Abhi, how are you, man? I'm good, Da. Prasanna, how are you? I'm good. Where is home for you and where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm from Brentwood, Tennessee. Brentwood's basically like a suburb uh, in the greater Nashville area of Tennessee. And mm-hmm. um, I pretty much grew up here as well. Um, I moved to Nashville in 2001. I was born in New Jersey. We lived in several other states as well, like Arizona and Kentucky. And then finally ended up in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And then in 2004, I moved to Brentwood. And um, I pretty much grew up here. All my experiences um, are here pretty much in terms of schooling, um, like learning how to communicate and uh, just like engaging in lots of activities, meeting friends. Uh, Brentwood's like my home, essentially. And um, yeah, and I'm currently speaking to you from Redwood right now as well. <laughs> uh, what did your parents do or did for a living? Yeah, so my parents are both uh, engineers by education. Um, they uh, studied engineering in India, in South India. And uh, so they both are engineers here as well. Uh, my dad specifically, he works as an engineer in the healthcare industry. So um, uh, yeah, in fact, like, as of now, he's been working from home for the past couple of weeks, and he's been talking about how the pandemic has affected his work, too, in terms of, um, uh, like, uh, the influx of patients that come in and how they have to accommodate, like, different applications to, um, <clears throat> to basically uh, accommodate for these patients. And, um, yeah, that's how things are at the moment, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what were you curious about as a child? Hmm. That's a great question, though. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think, like, I don't know if it's a common thing among children, but as a child, you find almost everything fascinating. What do you think? Like, I agree, yeah. Everything is fascinating <laughs> as a child. <clears throat> even the smallest things, like, why is the sky blue? Or why is the grass green? Like, <clears throat> even, like, small things like that, we just tend to find them really, really, really fascinating. Um, as a child, I used to, um, like, ask my parents lots of silly questions like that, and... Uh, my friends and I used to like um, inquire about lots of things. I think um, just to choose several examples to talk about, mm-hmm. definitely the field of uh, the fields of biotechnology and medicine were uh, two areas that really, really, really fascinated me in terms of you know like what are diseases, how do diseases happen, and how do how do you effectively treat for them, and how how do these treatments uh, like ever come about. I think it's just fascinating. Like ever since I was a child, I visited my pediatrician. And um, it, I just always love going to the doctor and talking to them about, you know, how this is the case. What is this? What do you recommend about this? And all, it's just, um, it's a really fascinating, like, uh, field. And uh, once sometimes, like, my friends and I, like, maybe this is, like, in middle school, probably beginning of middle school, we used to find the most random videos, Prasanna, the most random videos online about certain surgeries, how they're performed, 
how it affects the family, what the family perceives of it. Um, I think it just kind of like, uh, this definitely like further engineered my passion for the field of medicine, I'd say. Like I recall one, like one example, um, two friends of mine, they're basically my best friends in childhood. Their names are Deepak and Vichu. So Deepak, Vichu and I, we three uh, would watch these kinds of videos and um, there's this one video where there were two conjoined twins from Egypt and they're conjoined in the brains exactly. So like their heads were conjoined and they're sharing the same brain and basically watched like an entire, like I think 50 minute documentary about how exactly the um, neurosurgeon was able to make an incision to um, essentially save the lives of both twins. It's just like, I know it sounds really, really like uh, specific and like out of the context, but I think it's like the smallest things if you happen to have some kind of passion or interest to see why that's the case or how it happens, I think um, you're able to explore that, explore into that more uh, in a way. And then another thing apart from medicine that I've truly enjoyed uh, were geography and history. I love both geography and history. In fact, um, there's a very popular PC game called Sid Meier's Civilization. Um, basically, this is a game that I used to be addicted to 24-7. Like, I played 24 hours in a day, all middle school. Same with my friends Deepak and Vichu. Um, even though it has nothing to do with geography and history, it's just like about like how, how to create an empire, how to defend your empire, like what attacking other people would do and like how to maintain resources to maintain, to make sure your population's happy. It's just a really, really fun game. And in fact, some of our friends at Emory play this too, like Banyal and uh, Anirudh, they love playing, uh, <laughs> they love playing this game too. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, just to go back to geography and history, I, I'm, I was really, really passionate about these two subjects. Um, as a child, I loved looking at maps, memorizing the states and capitals, then further going on to countries uh, learning what different languages are like in different countries and even within our, um, <clears throat> um, you know, like the, the country of India, which is where like, uh, our ancestry comes from. Um, you know, it's not like a very homogenous society. There's so many different, uh, linguistic groups, identities, uh, like religions, for instance, India is like a very, very linguistically, religiously, culturally diverse country. And, um, that's how I became really passionate about India as well. Um, for example, like at home, uh, my like mother tongue language is Telugu, which is spoken in the states of uh, Andhra Pradesh and Telangana in India. And um, I used to question like, Amma, like my mom, like why, why she would not speak Tamil if we were from AP or Andhra Pradesh. And then she'd say like, you know, like India has different languages. Tamil Nadu is a bordering state. And through that, I just found that the most fascinating thing. I know it might be so like eccentric and strange, but for me, that was just so fascinating. And it kind of furthered my passion to like learn about different languages. And I'm happy to say that I can converse in Tamil to a good extent as far as what I'm, uh, as far as what I know in a way. But um, yeah, just geography and history. And uh, yeah, those are things that I've been really passionate about since, as, since I was a child. And it's something that I continue to be passionate about today. Um, That's good. Yeah. Do you know why, why, like what incident or what made you fascinated about the different languages in India, like the different the like geography and history like what did you feel like could you uh, kind of like explain put it put yeah. into words what you felt when you like you discover like the different languages and like how like the geography works at a role like could you elaborate on that sure sure um so as i said like i always love looking at maps and staring at maps I, in fact i have a world map in my room to this day which i had since second grade i think um I used to spend hours and hours looking at maps, looking at continents, countries, 
and learning how you know different countries have their own cultures, their own uh, essentially like apart from the politics and the physical geography, like their own human geography, which is distinct. And that's something that was truly like um, like mind blowing for me. And when it comes to India, uh, my mama, so my uncle, he got me a map. Like he, he was from India, he's living in Chennai at the time. Mm-hmm. He uh, got us a map um, for us, for me to hang essentially. And I hung that map in my room. And at that time, uh, that's when I learned about what different states are like uh, Andhra Pradesh, for example, which is where my parents are from and uh, how different states in India. And that's when I learned that each state has its own language. and. It's kind of different, like, you know, in the U.S., for instance, you know, English is spoken um, and used in schools in every state and even Spanish as well as a secondary language. I think um, that kind of just shows how, you know, beautiful India is in a diverse way. And um, through that's when I was like, oh, okay, there are different languages. And also, apart from, uh, like, just looking at maps, like, films and cinema also um, played an instrumental role, I guess, in my passion for languages. Um, as a child, we loved watching Telugu movies every weekend. And um, then later I found out that Tamil was a different language. And I didn't know that some of the films that we watched were actually Tamil films, not Telugu films. <laughs> and um, through that is when I was like, okay, Tamil is a different language. And um, as I mentioned earlier, my friends Deepak and Richard, they both are Tamilians. And uh, so interacting with them more, their families, and watching Tamil films, those are Rajnikanth, those Kamalasan, big Tamil stars. Um, I started to learn how to pick up Tamil and Telugu and Tamil are actually quite similar. Once you happen to know a good bit of each language, they're pretty similar. They come from the same language family. And apart now, when it comes to language family, that's also something to look at because in South India, there are many languages spoken, such as Telugu, Kannada, and Tamil, and Malayalam, and Tulu. However, there's a whole other group of languages. There's Indo-Aryan languages, which are like Hindi, Gujarati, Punjabi, Bengali, Odia, Kashmiri. Uh, those are other Indian languages. And then there's also like the Tibeto-Burman languages as well, like um, like Kasi, Bodo, um, uh, like Mizo, these kinds of languages, which are spoken in Northeast India. So it's just like really fascinating to see the diversity among linguistic groups within India as well. And that's when I was like, all right, it's cool to learn different languages. Maybe later on in middle school, I started picking up uh, Hindi a little bit as well, just watching more Bollywood movies and um, yeah, I mean, and I just want to say this is not really specific to India as well. You know, I'm passionate about learning about different cultures around the world. Um, you know, coming into high school, I had like a very diverse friend group. Um, lots of my friends were uh, like, you know, like white people, fellow Indians, uh, Arabs, um, East Asians, African and African Americans. And even in college, it's the same way too. My friend group, we're known as the Salazar on campus, essentially. Um, <laughs> we, we all, we're like a very diverse friend group. Um, we're not like pertaining to one culture or the other, but somehow we all decided to become friends all of a sudden. And um, they're all my brothers. And it's just fascinating to learn more about their cultures and their perspectives on life and their backgrounds. And, you know, human life is just fascinating, dude, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Healing life is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, back to when you were a child, you 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 said like like as 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 the natural curiosity as a child is like we are always like asking these questions of like mm-hmm. why why is the sky blue why is this that why is that that do you think that 
like that same curiosity is alive in you today when you ask these same questions about a different cultures and different like why why does this culture work like that why does that culture work like that and like why is this language so similar like why is Tamil and Telugu so similar why and why does it can be like asking that like the why the why the why the why like that curiosity yeah. do you feel like do you still feel like that you know passion like that same is, is there like a parallel there like a, a connection there from like when you were young and asking these same questions to now but like more sophisticated like more about like your passions for language and medicine mm-hmm. I definitely feel like it's still there to this day for me um then again it might just depend on the context of the situation or maybe like the subjects as far as what exactly I'm trying to ask questions in um as I previously said in the fields of let's say um like medicine or like science geography and history these are like kind of my favorite um areas to basically inquire more information about which is why to this day I still I still have that passion from when I was a child I still carry that passion today when I look for new uh topics or ideas within these areas um maybe if it were like different areas maybe i might not show as much interest i don't know maybe i mean i guess i really have to think about that but when it comes to uh like themes that i'm really passionate about i definitely feel like still feel like that passion is alive in me today um as you asked me this question i remember this one time junior year um so junior year uh, on campus at emory uh, my friends and i used to study in lsm pretty often and because uh, you'd be there as well for many mm-hmm. of those study sessions yeah um I remember this one time, so it was me and my friend, uh, my, one of my best friends at Emory, Daniel. Um, he's a Pakistani-American, I'm Indian-American. But um, uh, one day, um, for some reason, I think we were taking a break from studying physics. And we just happened to, I think I stumbled upon this video online on YouTube where uh, there's this one man, I think he's of Persian descent. So he has origins in Iran. And he happens to host videos um, like pretty often where he'll have like, two two people or two groups of people that come as guests on a show so one like one person or one group of people will be pertaining to one specific language and the other group is the other language and basically they each of the groups or if it's just two people one person the other group and uh, the other person they read phrases or words in their respective languages and they try to see if the other person understands the word even though it's in a different language Wow. <laughs> For example, this one video that I watched with Danyom was uh, there uh, two um actually there are four girls if I remember, four ladies. Uh two girls were Urdu speakers from Pakistan and in India. And mm-hmm. two uh two girls were uh, Persian speakers or Farsi speakers from Iran. And basically the Indian and Pakistani girl would uh try to read phrases in Hindi and Urdu to uh the Farsi speaking girls. and basically they'll try to see if they can understand what these words are and then same vice versa and then it would be words in the beginning and then phrases eventually at the end we just thought that was the most fascinating thing dude um for example in hindi if you want to say the phrase 40 years it's chabbis saal and it's like really really similar in farsi except it's pronounced very differently but when like the indian and pakistani girl happened to say chabbis saal which is 40 years mm-hmm. the farsi speakers easily understood it Right. And it's just fascinating to see how, like, you know, they both are Indo-European languages, as we know, Farsi and Hindi, Hindi and Urdu. And um, it's just fascinating to see those connections, like, that are cross-country, cross-culture, cross-people. It's just amazing. And at the same time, see, as I mentioned, Chabbis Saal is 40 years in Hindi. Mm-hmm. Yet in Telugu, it's Nalabai Samwat Saralu, which sounds so different. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's no connection, no words, nothing. Yet Persian and Hindi are more similar compared to Hindi and Telugu. but hindi and telugu are spoken in the same country 
and uh, Farsi and Hindi are not spoken in the same country. So it's just like like watching these kinds of videos and like seeing different like humans, different individuals interact with different languages. It's just fascinating. I remember Daniel, his jaw just dropped entirely. He's like, whoa, what? Like they understand Urdu? Like, <laughs> and I believe, like, I want to tell you, in fact, I think this guy had some uh, more videos with, uh, there's one girl who's a Tamil speaker actually. And um, okay. I think there's one with like Tamil and Indonesian. And I think he had the Tamil girl speak for the, with another uh, person as well for one show. But um, there's a Tamil girl too as well um, who comes on his shows from time to time. I'll find the name of the show or the channel later and I'll send it to you if you happen to be interested. In it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be definitely interested, yes. So, wow, that was a lot. <laughs> uh, trying to go back here. So, from what I, from what I understand, languages, they have... A, distinct and like very rich cultural history that mm-hmm. come with them and there's so many different like I'm trying to like visualize like all the different languages like from like a continent perspective and like how yeah. like the Dravidian languages are different than in the European and everything mm-hmm. and you, you are like fascinated like enthralled by like how these connections work and like why they why they'll deal and like it's like a labyrinth really for you mm-hmm. um, is that safe yeah. to say yeah yeah no, absolutely yeah. absolutely and um that kind of just like uh, fosters my like passion more for just like, um, you know, Indian geography and culture more Um, like coming from like with roots in Southern India. The first time I visited Northern India was in 2012 in the summer. So my, my dad had planned this trip for my family and my uncle came along too. And during this trip, we uh, visited like Delhi, Jaipur, Agra, Fatehpur, Sikri, Mathura. These are cities in Northern India. And that was the first time I actually went to North India and it was just, it's just different. It's just fascinating to see how they speak a different language, culture is different. Yet at the same time, like it's all one country. It's all one India. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's just something like to this day, which makes me like so happy and passionate and proud to be an Indian American. Um, definitely. I think I shared this idea with you probably once or twice, but I've shared it with so many people. Like definitely in my lifetime, I have this one, like, like it's on my bucket list essentially where I want to go on like some kind of road trip, either on a bike or like even, I don't know how it'll work out essentially, but just go on like a road trip and like experience, go on a road trip throughout the entire India, like all the way from like Kashmir to um, Kanyakumari, which is in Tamil Nadu. Just like explore everything and like, like right across, you know, like lands of different cultures and landscapes. In fact, there are lots of YouTube videos of people actually doing that. Doing I spend that. my time yeah. <laughs> watching the videos from time to time, seeing, you know, where they land, what they eat, even the food is different. Like, Everything is different, you know, like in South India, like we, we love idli, sambar, dosa, vada. Northern India, like Punjab, butter chicken, like samosa, naan. It's just mm-hmm. like different staples, different food, yet it's all one India. It's just really, really fascinating. And yeah, it's definitely safe to say that to answer your question. Okay. You might not have an answer to this, but why do you find, why do you find it so fascinating? Like what goes inside of you? Like, can you describe that fascination? Like, like trying to go deep here like why do you find it so fascinating these different languages different cultures in one country like Mm -hmm. what does that make it what what about it makes it makes you like so attracted to it Mm, that's a great question i definitely believe in and like i'm really happy about this one principle you know it's like diversity and unity you can be diverse or different but you can be united and i think that's just what's most fascinating about um like not even just like India, for the instance, just like anywhere in the world, like in the U.S., for instance, you know, like 
the United States is known to be the melting pot of cultures from around the world. And um, embracing this diversity is just truly like uh, mind blowing and very informative. For instance, uh, like in high school, we used to have like international student fairs where you get to experience bits of different cultures here and there. And even in college, I attended the Oxford campus of Emory for my first two years uh, of college. And um, there, it's like a very like close knit and um, very like interactive community. And through there, you get to kind of experience so many different kinds of events hosted by different associations. And it's just like really, really easy just like walk into the event or experience like whatever the culture is. And I think that's just what truly makes it like really, really fascinating. Just, just like to answer your question, just to, just to learn a little more, just to learn a little more about what their culture is like. And in the same way, uh, look at similarities and differences between, and I guess, among cultures. That's just um, like something that makes me really, really happy. Even later on in life, Prasanna, like, I mean, even though we're experiencing all, experiencing all this now in our like 20s and like teenage years, even like later on in life, just kind of having this kind of exposure to what different cultures are like, what different identities are like, I think it kind of gives us a better and a nice broad perspective of how the world and how human life is. Um, for instance, like you and I want to enter the fields of, field of medicine in the future. You know, definitely like communication is essential in the field. Communication is essential and being able to connect well with, let's say, patients that who, who happen to visit you regarding their concerns or their health, um, your fellow staff members. It's just, it's just very, very key to know how to be able to connect well. And I think by having that exposure to what different cultures, different identities are like, it allows you to be able to connect more. And um, I think it's a good skill. And it's not even just in the field of medicine, lots of fields, you know, you have to connect well with people. You said something very interesting here, where like, it's all about learning a little more and looking at the different cultures, different perspectives. And one question that comes along is, what have you found is similar among all the different human cultures that you've like experienced and like you've like passionately learned about? What do you yep. think is similar among like all humans? Like, what 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 do you believe that is? Like, if everyone, if like every single human has like one or like a couple of core similar qualities what do you think those qualities are absolutely um i definitely feel like throughout my experiences and throughout what i've seen there are many shared core values for example the name a few of them definitely being a good person and showing respect to people especially like respect to elders and just respect your fellow like people your fellow citizens that's something that's very essential and key uh, and that's something i've seen in many uh, throughout like many like uh, cultural like events just like the respect they show to people and in addition to that, like showing how to like, you know, serve the community as well. That's also important to serve the community, do good for the community, let it be through service, camaraderie, education, just like, you know, educating people about like different ideas, concepts. I think these are like several key things that I've seen among um, lots of cultures. Another thing also to say is going off of education. I definitely feel that it's important to uh, like, you know, people happen to ask questions about why this is the case or why a certain culture does this instead. I definitely feel like coming from the other end, it's nice to kind of have an open mind as far as what questions may be in order to effectively educate and, or like effectively inform the other person about why like a certain thing is like this and why a certain thing is like that. I think that sometimes people may take it in a way where, you know, like it's not like a good question to ask or um, this is not like the correct way to ask it, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that comes from the person who asked the questions like perspective as well. But at the same time, you know, like I personally feel like, you know, a, a true human like wouldn't 
want to ask something with the malintention. And I think it's important to just like express your feelings, show like in a why it's this, this is the case. Be calm, be placid as you answer. And I think through that like res shared respect and education, we can make this world a better place and more understanding of one another. <laughs> so that touches upon a lot of the purpose I'm like trying to do this podcast really mm -hmm. is I'm trying to interview different people and ask them about their passions and then ask them about their curiosities as a child and try to reawaken quote unquote like the inner child within themselves prior to the current role to the current life right now and what you said right there is like like the in, for me like that inner child is like we were all born similar we were all born same with like the same values like mm -hmm. being being a good person like you said respect education having an open mind and like those like that natural curiosity we all born we, we were all born with it but then as we grow up like cultural traditions and then we like kind of conditioned in the different like subsets of like a different cultural here there and everything but at the very core it's all the same we all come from like the same values the same beliefs so with that like metaphor like visual in your mind what mm -hmm. do you think causes these different like little differences between the different cultures and like is, is is it good these different differences are like to create identity and like how does that play a role in like cultural mm -hmm. does, does, that, does the question make sense yeah yeah no that's a very good question actually to ask um i definitely feel like unity and diversity is something to take into account here mm -hmm. why i say that is because this diversity is actually a really good thing you know, like having differences is a good thing. You know, it kind of establishes your identity, your history, your culture, where you come from. You know, all of us have our own distinct identities and that's what truly makes us unique and special. Uh, and that's like, like throughout the world, even in like, like this country as well, we have so many identities, so many people coming, like who have origins in different countries, different lands, who have different histories. And that kind of establishes like an identity which makes them unique and gives them like a meaning towards their identity. And basically it's just like a, good way to maintain those roots, those roots. And um, I think this is like a common thing that many like um, children of immigrants might face, you know, like when it comes to a culture shock, when they live in like a different country, for instance, as far as like how to effectively assimilate or accommodate into a new culture while maintaining roots of their original culture. And that kind of like brings into account your question, essentially, mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, we all have different identities and different um, uh, perspectives, different backgrounds. But at the same time, it's important to respect one another for like having their identities. And I think through that respect and through that perhaps potential interest or role to learn more about different cultures, different backgrounds, it allows us to be more respectful and to be united in a respectful manner. I think that's where unity comes in, you know, like being together despite having our different identities and different interests and all. And I think I'm happy to say that like throughout my experiences uh, in college at Oxford and at the Atlanta campus of Emory, I think like the majority of the campus life, the majority of students happen to think in that perspective. For instance, like you and I both worked in the Raul staff, the staff for um, Raul Hall. Mm -hmm. And our entire staff is very diverse. We all have our own identities and leave aside like our cultural identities, just like our interests, our passions, and not even just our staff, our complex sector, like Kathy, who's like an angel. Like, yeah. <laughs> besides that, like yeah, Kathy, like Sean, everyone, all of us, like Smithy, Justin, like Chloe, <laughs> I'm trying to think of Anjali, Priyanka, I'm forgetting anyone, um, Ariana, those are RAs and our essays, like Vikram, everyone. There's a like, lot of people, yeah. There, there's so many people and I love you all. I'm sorry if I didn't mention your name. I love every single one of you all, and all my family, but we all are very diverse. And at the same time, you know, we're united towards like 
you know, being good people, doing good for our community, which is Rauf. And I think that's, that's where it like comes from. And I mean, like, um, just having that passion for like different languages, I guess, in my perspective, just kind of broadened my perspective a little more about it. And I forgot to mention this earlier. This is kind of part of the reason what motivated me to become a Spanish minor too in, um, in college, you know, just to immerse myself into a different culture and um, learn more about how, um, like apart from just like the linguistic, uh, like rules of that language, which I kind of covered in high school, uh, just to learn more about like the cultural basis of um, like uh, uh, Spanish speakers around the world. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Wow, that's a lot. That's very good. I love, I love that unity and diversity thing. And I think that is shown like in places like India too, and like mm-hmm. the United States, like with India, like this diverse languages, diverse cultures, but we are all under the one like India. And then like, we all like have pride for, for India. And then same thing in the USA, like we are all different cultures, everything, but everyone is proud, proud, I'm assuming for being American. And like that, that unity and diversity is shown. I think it's more of, it's very universal, I believe. You could and find you can, it like in the college campuses and you could find it like in the world. I mean, as you mentioned in India, um, like India is the second most populous country in the world. It has a population of nearly 1.6 billion people and counting to this day. And at the same time, like despite having such a big population, India is known to be the, the country that has the largest population of Hindus, the largest population of Sikhs, um, the second largest population of Muslims. Um, and apart from that, like many, like many Christians, Zoroastrians, Buddhists, Jains, it's just like, like apart from like linguistic diversity, there's also religious diversity too. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just fascinating to see how, you know, like, like a country like India has so many identities, both like culturally, not both, like culturally, linguistically and religiously. But at the same time, like, you know, the passion that everyone shows towards being an Indian, being an Indian American. That's exactly as you mentioned, like yeah, unity and diversity. So this is going back to your childhood, really. If you could mm-hmm. travel back in time and like meet younger Abhi, mm-hmm. what advice would younger Abhi give you right now? So not what advice would you give him, but what advice yeah. would he give you? based on like his experiences at a role and everything. Ooh, that's a good one. Wow. It's like, I can think of so much to say the like, other way around. I definitely say one thing is to always be happy, mm-hmm. like, you know, to be, ha- to continue to be happy and curious about things. I think like later on in life, like we all get more busy when it comes to like, um, like our schoolwork or just like other responsibilities to carry out in life. I think at the same time, it's important to reassure that you're happy in these commitments and that you're do, everything that you do makes you happy. I think like that's kind of the perspective I had as a child, like always being happy with the things I did and being very passionate. Like, I, for example, I loved singing and dancing so much as a kid. I mean, I, I still do now, but not as much as, I was, uh, as when I was a kid, in my opinion. Like I used to play the, the keyboard, violin, clarinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like lots of instruments. So many interesting and, instruments. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, I'm not saying it just like that. It's just like, it was just nice to, you know, exercise my mind by like engaging in activities. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to somehow make time for the activities that we used to do as kids just to uh, continue to be happy. Definitely continue to be happy, do things you want to do and like, you know, stay motivated how, about like, you know, how there are good things to come in the future. I think, I think that's pretty much all. Yeah. Younger I'll be able to told you. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, be happy dance sing all the time yeah i think those messages need to be heard i think among society like i think we forget what 
what our younger selves would have wanted us to live like right now. And I think we need to remember that frequently so we could live like our younger selves live like the inner child within us. Yeah. Prasanna, what, what would you do if you answer that question? What would you say? If <laughs> younger Prasanna came up yeah. to me and said, what advice would he give me right now? He say, uh, he'll say always, no, not always, but continue playing Pokemon. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's a <laughs> throwback, dude. <laughs> yeah. He, he said continue the, playing Pokemon. I remember those yeah. Pokemon and um, Yu-Gi-Oh. Do you know what that was? Like Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh? I, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh too, yeah. Wow. Dang. <laughs> that was forever ago, but. Because that playing those games always made me feel like a little kid, and like I always get like the adventure, like that 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 like natural passion when I like I get to choose my Pokemon or like catch new one, like create a new team and all that stuff. So I always loved like that adventure, and like I always loved that childhood thing. And I think that's what he'd say to me right now. Like even like if I was on my deathbed, he'd say, "Continue playing Pokemon." <laughs> that's awesome to hear, man. That's, that's yeah. Amazing. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I got one last question, and then and then we'll see what that leads to. Yeah. What is your favorite childhood movie or book, and why? Mm, favorite childhood movie or book? I'd say like now as an adult, my preferences have changed in terms of my favorite book or favorite movie. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking about my favorite childhood movie or childhood book, I don't know if you know the series called Magic Treehouse. Um, I do know that series. Yes. Yeah. I so I was literally mad about the series, literally mad. Like I would be very, very crazy about the series. Whenever the next book could release, like my dad would be waiting at the bookstore, like six thirty, seven. Whether it be Barnes and Noble or uh, oh my God. Borders, Borders, like other- yeah, Borders. Borders right? okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't saying anything wrong. Yeah, Borders and Barnes and Noble, these kinds of bookstores. I'd be there like at six in the morning, seven in the morning, waiting with my dad for like the newest Magic Tree House book. And I'd read it within a day or like two days, two nights, <laughs> and I'd be done. And it's just like, I loved that series so much, dude. Like, I think it kind of contributed to my imagination or my, my like, just like being able to imagine more things around the world. I loved that series. I think like when it was like book 31 onwards from uh, that series, they had like a thing called the Merlin series. It's like a special. Yeah, um, I, yes. Yeah. The special I think series. I read those, yeah. <laughs> series where the two um, uh, protagonists, uh, they would basically engage in uh, these things called Merlin missions. And um, uh, it, it, I think it just kind of contributed to my imagination. So I, I love that. also love other series, like other, uh, books as, other books as well, like Percy Jackson series and mm-hmm. Alex Ryder as well. But um, going back to like my childhood days, like second grade, third grade. Childhood, third grade, yeah. Definitely Magic Treehouse would be my favorite book series. As far as favorite movies, um, dang, that's a tough one, dude. <laughs> there are that's a lot. A <laughs> um, maybe Finding Nemo. I think like Finding Nemo. When did that come out? Two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. I think. I think but, so. Yeah. Um, Finding Nemo. I thought it was just like they were telling a nice story throughout that movie. I think maybe like that was the first time like I was at that age to comprehend like a story in a visual manner. I think mm-hmm. Finding Nemo is one of the first movies to do that for me. It was just cool to see like the story, the sequence of events how um, Nemo like gets away from Marvin. I think that was his father's name. Marvin. Marvin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin. Yeah. yeah. How he yeah, gets yeah. dirty, how the shark came along, how he ends up in a fish tank at a dentist's office, mm-hmm. like how he gets back to his father. And um, I think it's just like a nice story that was narrated in visual 
animated way. And that was the first time I was, I think I was at that age to understand what a story is like visually. Definitely Finding Nemo. And um, far from that, when it comes to like, uh, like movies with actors, there's a Telugu film called Bomarilu. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite, even to this day, one of my favorite movies. It's with the actor Siddharth. He acts in Tamil movies too. Yeah, Siddharth. Um, Siddharth. Bomarilu was actually remade in Tamil as Santosh Subramanyam. If oh, you, I love yeah, my yeah, brother's. Yeah. Santosh Subramanian was my brother's favorite movie. Yeah, so yes. the Telugu version of that, which is called Bumbrelu, that's my favorite. <laughs> and um, that's a good movie. It's funny. Yeah, it's like a funny movie, but it kind of like I like the essence of the story. You know how it shows like the dynamics in a relationship between a father and his son. I think that film displayed those emotions really well. And to this day, I can tell you, when it comes to any like new films that release in Indian cinema or like Telugu cinema, in my opinion, they don't compare anything to like heartfelt, nice family, like genre oriented content movies. That's great. Yeah. So I do have one other question for you. Yeah. If you could live in any part of the world, where would you live and why? Cause I know you really like geography and history mm-hmm. and all that, you're a nerd for that. So where would you live? Wow. You, live in, oh, well, you can. That came out of nowhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, to be honest with you, it's something I've thought about a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I never found, like, a solid answer. Maybe that's because there's still a lot that I want to learn more about in terms of how the world is like. And maybe I'm not at that point to kind of make a decision as far as where I want to live or, like, there's a lot more I want to learn. I think it'd be a mix of uh, plenty of factors for Sunday when it comes to that. Like, for instance, I'd want to live close to my parents, like, in a close proximity with them. So if they happen to stay in Nashville or Brentwood, like, it'd be nice to, like, be somewhere in the area where they're around. Just that later on in life, you know, like I, I can um, see them more often, take care of them essentially later on, like uh, as we get older. And there's that. I don't know, dude, to be honest. Like, I mean, definitely like wherever like my parents would want to stay, like somewhere around where they are. At the same time though, like it'd be cool to maybe not permanently, but maybe temporarily experience how life is in different areas of the world, the country and the world. For instance, like I visited California for the first time during my junior year of high school and I loved just like the entire state. We went on a road trip all the way from like San Jose, San Francisco to San Diego. So yeah. we experienced everything like LA and uh, everything basically. And California was an amazing state. It'd be cool to live there maybe for some time. I don't know if I want to settle there like permanently, but it'd be cool mm-hmm. to live there for some time. Even like their culture is distinct and unique too. Texas where you live, it's like a, <laughs> like a cool state. They have their own distinct culture. Definitely like when it comes to... Um, like even medical efforts too, Prasanna. Like, uh, I mean, I'd want to practice here and maybe like at the same time, it'd be cool to live temporarily in other countries just to see if I can help in any kind of way to deliver proper like healthcare to villages around the world and uh, give a good essence of what uh, proper public health is, how to maintain cleanliness and uh, proper health. I think in um, many areas of the world, like there's like a need for that. For instance, during my sophomore year of college, after my sophomore year of college, I went on a trip to Honduras actually for a week and a half. It was through Global Medical Brigades program at Emory. And um, that kind of exposed me to the state of healthcare in foreign countries like Honduras, for instance. Mm -hmm. And um, it was nice to be able to engage in an initiative where we could help the public out, like conduct their vitals. And there's one incident there where a couple of uh, fellow Spanish speakers, including myself and several fr- uh, peers during that trip, we, several brigaders, we decided to host a presentation about how to maintain proper oral health to young kids in Spanish by singing songs and teaching them how to brush their teeth all in Spanish. And that was just fascinating because like A, it kind of like reaffirms my interest in like languages, culture, interacting with the 
locals in different areas in the world. And at the same time, trying to do something that aims towards the betterment of the society in the form of health. Like apart from like healthcare, even public health, just like maintaining like proper health cleanliness. And it's important, even like one of my like lifetime goals is to do something similar in India as well, which is mm-hmm. like, like somewhere in India, it'd be nice to be able to um, engage in that kind of effort and around the world, you know, like, you know, like it's important, like healthcare is like a, like proper healthcare is, it's like a right. It's not even, a, it's not a privilege, it's a right. Like it's, it's a right, yeah. It's, it's imperative. It's imperative to, um, you know, help our community and our society stay healthy as a whole. So I think something along the lines to get back to your question, I think something along the lines of doing what's best for society by bridging my interests in both, like learning about how local life is in other areas of the world and like delivering proper healthcare. And, you know, like where I can still see my parents, I think something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's a good answer. That, that, yeah, because it's, it's a very hard question to answer, which is part of the reason I asked it. <laughs> What, do, you have, uh, well, do you have a particular preference, dude, as far as where you'd want to live in the future? Uh, I want to live all around the world, really. But mm-hmm. I, like, temporarily, I definitely want to live in Spain. Spain, dude. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I actually forgot to, like, talk about that. Spain, Spain's so dope. I think through my Spanish classes in college, that's where I've um, truly learned more about, like, the culture in areas like Spain, for instance. Like, Spain is so, like, historically rich. Yes, it is, yeah. Very historically Very rich. rich. Like lots of cultures, lots of influences, like the Alhambra, for instance. And it's like beautiful just to watch the gardens and the man- to look at the mansions and um, everything. And in fact, there's a Hindi film called Zindagi Nam Legi Dobara. That's like, my favorite Hindi movie, yeah. <laughs> it came in 2011, I think, with Trithik Roshan mm-hmm. and uh, Katrina Kaif, who's my favorite actress. I mean, that's another um, thing. But anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, um, I think that film kind of showed what, like, Spain. I mean, it didn't really show what Spain is like, but it kind of like it'd be it'd be nice to have like a bachelor's trip to Spain one day. And just like, My high school friends and I are planning one actually. To Spain. The same to Spain. Yeah. No way. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. The yeah, same activities they did in the movie too. <laughs> Fooling around and all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Spain would be cool. Uh, well, thank you, Abi, for for this interview and like for being a guest here. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. So Abi, how are you doing in this current time? Yeah, it's very different, um, I guess, compared to how our lives usually are, like being on campus, seeing each other all the time, uh, you know, like doing our fun activities and things like that. I think it's definitely like a test to see how well we can follow rules and um, how well we can maintain uh, these principles of social distancing, you know, trying to be like clean and healthy during this time. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, during this time, a couple of friends and I, uh, we, and we all collectively kind of came up with this idea to create a platform which allows like, usually like college students, but I guess any visitors in general to like, you know, experience a platform where they can see what activities would be recommended as suggestions for things to do during this time in quarantine. And um, I guess we kind of came up with that idea pretty much because um, uh, several of our friends were talking about how they're starting to feel a little depressed and sad during this time due to a uh, lack of things to do. We thought having a platform which encompasses everything all together would be nice for everyone to see everything all in one location. And in addition to that, we've also been reaching out to people 
where you know they could share like what they've been doing in terms of activities and it's on our instagram account and um What's i don't think instagram I should... account yeah the instagram account's name is uh, at active quarantine so a c t i v e q u a r a n t i m e and um on our account you can find a link to our website which is uh, quarantine and basically you can find things out there and we also love to hear everyone else's input too this isn't really restricted to emory students um you can feel free to share whatever ideas or uh like videos or posts of yourself doing activities you can share that with us and we'd love to feature you all on um, our platform and um on our website we do have suggestions as far as recommendations to of activities to partake in such as through exercise cooking in terms of, like we post new dishes every week uh new games that people play apart from that we also have new music suggestions uh tv and movies new books to read and we also thought that it's important to include good tips as far as how to maintain proper personal health and wellness during this time and we also have like a list of several resources and hotlines that people can use for the reference in case um they happen to uh need those resources um so we decided to make a platform which encompasses everything together so far we've <clears throat> gotten good um feedback from people i'm glad that this has been able to impact lots of people and especially within our emory community lots of people have been uh referring to uh this resource just to find things to do and to um basically it's just our initiative to try to help everyone stay active and healthy and um i guess moreover it's just the most we could do um during this time you know like most of us want to try to do things that could kind of help the public during such a unfortunate and um unprecedented time but mm -hmm. i guess we felt like if we at least want to do something this is the most that we could do to um allow um uh, to basically reach out to people essentially that's good uh if you could tell again what uh, instagram was for the phone time so listeners could go and yeah. find it again so what yeah. was it sure um so our instagram account is at active quarantine so um a c t i v e q u a r a n t i m e and our website's name is quarantine with a z at the end so quarantimes.com so if you're interested in active quarantine please follow their instagram and website thank you so much for listening and goodbye